0: Kelsey Charles and Jane Slater.
1: Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk. And I am excited to be back, y'all. We Uh, missed you. Thank you guys so much. It's always tricky when you've got like a 14-hour day in New York and then you get on the plane and you get back. So I appreciate you guys letting me take a little bit of a knee yesterday. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys. It's not a Victory Monday. It's what is today? Wednesday? Victory Wednesday still. Victory Wednesday. So I really want to just deep dive into this game a little bit we are just to give you a little set the table here we're going to talk a little bit more about where Dak is tracking Mm -hmm. using your term there Aisha Uh. as it relates to (laughs) his injury and when I think we can realistically get him back I still don't think it's week five there's your teaser we'll Mm. see if it's week six uh and then we're going to talk a little bit about Jason Peters and how he really stepped up in the game despite only being in on 14 of the snaps and then we'll focus in a little bit on Washington and what we can expect from them and it's not going to shock anyone not much no. uh, but Dang. gotta stay on your toes Cowboys because that could be a trap game if you're not careful yeah, right that's true yeah. all right so let's get right into it uh Monday Night Football I'm on the sidelines Dak is there he gets his stitches removed and I was able to catch up with them and I said let me see it you know i'm like I'm one of the morbid okay, on i am I don't know about y'all my mom is a nurse uh and so growing up i was always like oh, let me see it yeah. Jake, <laughs> I, I, i'm into that the morbidity of these things <laughs> like anything. fascinated yes show that. me uh I, I saw it up close and personal it's mm. it's it's nothing to write home about it looks like it's healed yeah we were told that there wasn't any swelling uh and that he has been equally excited to show everybody in the <laughs> locker room huh. that he is ready to go but i did ask him all right, when do you see yourself playing? Not week four, right, Commanders? And he shook it off. He goes, who are we playing after that? Barnabas. You know, this just shows you they're all yeah. they're always focused on week to week. week, to week. Uh, he said Rams looked more realistic. But, guys, I don't know if I want to see him against Aaron Donald and that pass <sighs> rush in L.A. The game is on the road. Yeah. I think what makes more sense, give me the Sunday night football game. Mm-hmm. Give me the Eagles. Yep. The Eagles' defense is playing really well right now. Offensively, obviously, they're on a roll, and I think this is the team to watch in the division. I don't think that's a surprising take. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, But that is certainly what's one more week, especially if you're able to get one more win
2: mm-hmm.
1: out of Cooper Rush. Because I don't know about you guys. When I looked and mocked up the schedule, I think we knew Tampa Bay was going to be tough. Yeah, I think we thought the Bengals were going to be t- tough, True. and they stole that one. Then we were looking at the Giants, and you started thinking, well— they're finding ways to win. This doesn't feel like the same Giants team, and they got that one. Yeah. And so I don't know about you guys, but when I went to the schedule, I at least while Dak was gone, I had him losing at least one or two
3: why not just hold him out a little bit longer? Are you sure your thoughts? No, um, also, too, when you talk about him maybe coming back for the Philly game, there's familiarity there. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that, like, you know, the preparation wouldn't have to be as strenuous because, you know, the, as far as the play calling and startup, because he, he knows this team pretty well. Um, also, too, I, I believe that Philly game's a home game. So if you're going to, you know, bring him back, you yeah. would like to do that with that home crowd playing behind him, having, you know, his adrenaline showing, you know, all that stuff. I think that I want him to be healthy. I I want them to slow play this as long as they need to. But I think that Cooper Rush definitely has helped a lot. Like this run game that we're going to get into has helped a lot to allow him to kind of sit back and to get healthy so we can have him for the rest of the season.
4: Yeah, I think they're finding their rhythm right now. Mm -hmm. And I think to, you know, disrupt that prematurely for Dak, who's not 100% ready, would just be foolish at that point. I mean, really, I I don't see a reason to rush him back in, no pun intended, with the rush comment, you know, but keep riding with what Cooper Rush has, and at, at the end of it, you're going to plug Dak into a system that's already working. You know, they're, they're going to have to make minimal adjustments and just adjusting to, you know, their QB1 because, again, we're going to stress it here, that is Dak's spot. We're not saying, you know, keep starting Cooper. But what I am saying is play it smart. And Dak doesn't need to rush back. Now, had Cooper Rush lost these last two games, Mm -hmm. it'd be a very different conversation we're having right now. But Aisha said it earlier, before we started recording, this is a good problem to have. We officially can see the Cowboys have that padding that they need to allow Dak to get 100% healthy, make sure his grip is right back where it needs to be. And mentally, I think, give him that time to get in his headspace to where he needs to be to, one, if you're going to play the Rams, you really need to be in that mental headspace, which I think Dak is very great at. I think he has his great composure. It's just you're coming off of another injury, and it's your throwing hand. That's that's something to be worried about. And and so mentally, I think Dak needs to be ready, which I'm not worried about, but just giving him the time to do that is key. And Kelsey, before you yeah.
1: jump in here, how about continue to give this offensive line that was a little bit more that. time to gel, right? Yeah. I think they've little. been really impressive through two. I, I think Tyler Smith has... We said he had impressed at camp, and we loved that he was so coachable and that he was the type of guy that was really honed in on improving the areas that he was making mistakes. And now you're sort of Matt Farniak's not doing a terrible job. You've got Mm -hmm. Jason Peters that's working his way in, who we'll talk about a little bit more here in a minute. But why not give this offensive line a chance to really set itself before you put Dak back behind the line? Kelsey, your thoughts?
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think this just reinforces the – laughability in my mind of the concept of having a quarterback controversy, Mm -hmm. I think this is a blessing. I really do. Mm -hmm. I feel like being in a position where you can, like you mentioned yesterday, Jess, have the flexibility to not feel rushed to bring Dak Prescott back, to not feel rushed to be able to be in a position where you are teaching your O-line how to gel together with new components, both veteran and rookie. I mean, I feel like this is just, I don't want to call it, it's, it's the silver lining, I guess, of this whole situation. And so I feel really comfortable, dare I say, with where the Cowboys are in terms of forecasting and and trajectory, if you will. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not looking to rush Dak Prescott back. I think there's a lot of things that need to be a little better in terms of making sure he feels closer to 100% or at least as close as possible and that this O-line feels confident they can protect him.
3: Yeah. Were you, did you have something to Oh, initial? no, I just I was just um, still stuck on, like, the offensive line. Also, too, I mean, you're getting better play from Tyler Biotish as well. I think that's so important. But we're really focused on the left side of the uh, offensive line. But let me tell you, Terrence Steele and Zach Martin are holding it down over there as well. Mm-hmm. So I just think – I do agree. I think it's important for this offensive line to have a set group. Yeah, I was going to say. Have a set group. Listen, was say. we're not doing the musical cheers again because yeah. I – I want them to keep that same energy, the same energy, the communication that they had this game. Baldy broke it down, talked about it. I think uh, Acho broke it down as well. The communication from this offensive line in that environment, you could tell they took a, another step in far as, as far as making sure they were on the same page, and yeah. I think that's going to be important with Dak coming back and trusting them and seeing how you know the offense is able to flow through him as well.
4: And to be honest, we're, we're going to get into this a little bit later with Jason Peters, but I want to see him get a few more game time reps in before mm-hmm. we get Dak da- yes. back, back in there too, because I think he's going to be a very key part of this O line. You know, when when he's when they fully decide what his role is going to be, whether it's going to be interchangeable, whether he's permanently there, that's really still to be determined. Because yeah, McGovern
3: is, he, I mean, we're kind of still yeah. waiting to see what's going to happen with his high ankle, you know, high ankle yeah. injury. But I mean that left side of the offensive line I think is important to get solidified yep. and, and work off of that.
1: I just think there were so many questions about the depth of this offensive line. It and and you sick. and I joked a little bit that maybe some of us are eating crow a bit, that a maybe bit. this front office Most and Jerry of knew what they were talking about in terms of seeing some of these young guys step up. And I think youth on a team is huge. When I covered this team for a long time – The big problem was that they were holding on to some of these guys way too long. They were one of the older teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Now they're one of the younger ones, and I think that that is a big deal. When you talk to a lot of people around here, they love the fact that these young guys are stepping up, and I think it's, you know, again, as as much as we've counted them out, Mike McCarthy says he loves this team, he loves this locker room, and you can just feel the energy in there, and when I say – that was a loud stadium. It was a wide out. It was, they had, I swear to God, they put about 30 people into their ring of honor. I, literally guys I've never heard of, uh, but it's supposed to be a homecoming of sorts for them. Yeah. And just to see the Cowboys, not only that, but when you had guys coming out of the game injured, DeMarcus Lawrence, and again, we'll get to the defense in a bit. I just thought that this team stayed with it, particularly when you saw the Giants score first. Cowboys hung in there and then they responded. And so I yeah. think it says a lot about, the resilience of this team and the way that they're playing right now uh, that stands out. Let's talk about uh, some comments in a USA Today article, Asia, that are going viral. Uh, some really reflective comments from Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's wearing the headset on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I see him working out pregame. He's keeping the lower body fresh, him and Zeke working on the lateral lunges, seeing him grip the ball a little bit more. He didn't practice today because they wanted, you know, to kind of give, kind of give him a minute. Uh, But some really interesting comments to USA Today.
3: Yeah. um, So uh, shout out to Lorenzo Reyes from USA Today. Fantastic article he wrote. Um, It got my attention this morning. Uh, I saw it getting some buzz. So I went to read, you know, what was going on here. And Dak is just talking about how um, things seem like they look simpler, like, from the sidelines, the way the offense is being run. Um, he said, it's not that I'm learning things about new defenses we face or anything like that, but I'm seeing more and more just how simple this game can be, Prescott said. Mm-hmm. Uh, hearing the calls in the headset and then seeing how defenses line up from the sideline reinforces that sometimes all you have to do is slow the game down and go through the design of the plays. It can be so beep Simple. (laughs) That's what I can't uh, wait to get back to. And it's so interesting because we talked about last week, um, I think it was before the Bengals game, them turning back the clock Mm. to 2016, you know, relying heavily on the run, taking the big plays when they're there. I think this defense is far better than that defense was. And how that can really change how this offense is, is going to go moving forward. I think that You kind of see that maybe offensively they did get a little too complicated. They did do a lot of fancy stuff. They didn't like and now that it is this offense seems to be going through the run game, you can start seeing things opening up because of that. Because they are stay because they stayed focused on the run game. Play action pass. Cooper Rush was eleven of fifteen on play action passes last game, 158 yards off of those. That only happens because you the play action is working. It's only working because they're taking those bites on you running the ball because they they think you can do it. Or how about the two tight end sets? Something absolutely they've been wanting to absolutely. do. For a while. I yep. thought Jake Ferguson and yes. Peyton Hendershot yes. played a hell of a game. Yes, yep. you're getting dynamic some, duo. You're getting some fantastic blocking from your tight ends. And this is something that we've been begging for from the tight end position um for the last couple of years. And you also too, you can go back last year, some of the big plays that the Cowboys missed out on were because tight ends were whiffing on on a blocking or a key blocks, not sealing edges and stuff. So, the tight end play that you're getting from your young tight ends is so important to what you're going to continue to do in the run game. I just think that they're, I think that they're they're doing max protection tempo. It's just a, it is similar plays, but there's a command to this offense when they're going through the run game, and it's I'm everyone has the anxiety about. Is this going to change when Dak gets here? And I think that this article, personally, and this quote, could be reassuring to Cowboys fans that, hey, Dak sees what we see. He sees how simple things look. He sees that, like, taking the ball from under center and actually rolling out actually is going to open up some things instead of being out the shotgun sometimes, maybe. Let's see how he, that resonates when he comes back. But I, I think it's important that he said this to help us calm down about, is it going to change when he gets here? It probably is going to be a little bit more electric. Right? Like, you know, because you have Michael Gallup there. You do get some of your receiver core back. But to just really feed off of the run game, I think, is what this team's identity is right now and what they planned on it being, given the guys that they brought in, especially on the offensive line. I think what we were seeing, too, and some of the knock that I heard internally in the building,
1: was that they were passing this ball too much. And, like, Kellen was getting Mm. a little too cute. Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, (laughs) Kellen was—the way you get a job in this league as a head Mm -hmm. coach— is when you've got an offense with the gaudy numbers. Yes. And, and I was told internally there was some frustration with that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do think he's simplified it a little bit. Yes. I don't think they're being so cute. And also, this is its a terrible analogy, but when I worked for Longhorn Network and ESPN, I kind of struggled in my first year because it was so different than my local news background, right? Yeah. And I had uh, one of my bosses bring in a consultant because she didn't think I knew sports. And it was probably one of the most insulting things ever, having had a talk show in Dallas and been doing this for a long time. But it's, it made me go back and say, okay, what can I work on? And I realized I was complicating it a little bit too much. Yeah. And you start looking at yourself through a little more, a little bit more of a more critical lens. And it helps to have sort of that 360 words I view as opposed to like when you're in the thick of it and I came back Mm. the next year ready to rock yeah and ever since then even you know looking at NFL Network every year I go and say how can I make my job there's so much sound in this building there's so many quotes I'm not going to get every single story but you find yourself and and I think Dak's the same way we have such a desire to to please everybody we have Mm -hmm. such a desire to be great Sometimes we get in our own heads, yeah. And I think Dak has been vulnerable enough to say he does get in his own head a lot. That's why he goes to the mental health coach and he talks yeah. to him and texts him as much as he does. And so I appreciate the fact that he's had a moment to sort of breathe a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And unlike with COVID, you couldn't come on the sidelines because of you know the way that their situation worked with PUP and IR, they could only have so many people. This has been that rare opportunity for him to be down there and really hear the headset and. You know, even again, in my job, I've produced, I've reported, whatever. I have a different appreciation for yeah. my producers and the people that work behind the scenes because I've done it. Yep. You know, he yeah, hasn't right. always been on the headsets. He hasn't yep. always had the sideline view. And I just, I think it's been a meaningful exercise for Dak. And I think that's why you're going to see a different Dak as opposed to the different Dak we saw last season that people knocked. Yeah. Because he came back and they thought, well, you know, he didn't... Before and after injury last year, I think was one of the interesting things people kept getting into. Let's talk about Dak before and after injury. He was five and one before, six and four after. His completion percentage did go down a bit, seventy three point one to sixty six point three. His passing yards per game went down a little bit, three hundred two night, two hundred sixty three point six. Passer rating one hundred fifteen to ninety eight point one. But he was six and four versus the five and one. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get into all of the gaudy stats, whatever. What do you, What do you care most about as a fan and as a team? The win loss column. And so, I just, I do think. I loved the vulnerability of the article. Yes. I loved that you flagged it because I definitely read it after. Uh, sometimes I wish she'd be a little bit more vulnerable with us locally and give us the same <laughs> sort of stuff, Dak. I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> but I thought it. I thought it was interesting. Kelsey, what did you think? No, I mean I'm kind of with you.
5: I feel like I loved your your perspective on. You've produced. You've done everything in the industry, and you know what you're asking of people. I feel very similarly where I've touched a lot of different parts of working in sports, if you will. So when I ask someone to do something when it comes to, like, in-game entertainment, I know what I'm asking <laughs> them to do because I've physically done that. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like Dak has gotten the chance to take a step back and be a little bit more of a student of the game again, where he's not in it as much. And you can – I mean, he is in it, but you know what I'm saying? It's a different perspective. He can be more cerebral. And I think that's exciting. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool opportunity. You know, obviously you don't want a player to get hurt, but in the development of him as a veteran quarterback, as a franchise quarterback, to be able to, you know, see the whole perspective in the the 360 view, that's huge. And so, yeah, you know, again, we've been talking a lot about silver linings. I think this is another one. And I really do feel like, you know, what we do here, what he does, quote, if you will, like, football isn't rocket science. But you have to do it right, and you have to do it well. And he's just learning more components to go into it, and I think he's going to be better off for it.
4: Also, I think Dak's self-awareness is so important to point out here because it's it's so rare to find a guy and a leader like Dak that will sit there and actually reflect on the silver lining, if you will, of the situation because, you know, let's face it, Uh, how helpful are quarterbacks when they're injured and Mm -hmm. your backup's actually doing pretty good? How helpful are you actually going to be in that situation, right? The fact is, is that... Dak is is he he's observing, but he's also learning as well, and he's watching this this offense gel together as compared to uh you know week one when it wasn't so beautiful, and I really enjoy seeing Dak's progression just uh, these last few years. Oh my goodness, just his his uh resilience and the way he comes back and. Even just, I, I think one of my favorite football moments um, that I will ever have is the Tampa Bay game last year after yeah. he came back from from the injury and, and just everybody rallying around him. I think it's important to note that Dak being this aware of his mental state is huge because I think he gets in his head a lot. And I think you really see that sometimes. And, and you know when Dak's not in his head and you know when he is. There's two different Daks that play there. So I think Dak coming in with a clear mind and again this helps that you don't have to rush him back in he's not going to have to worry about his finger not being completely healed on his throwing hand guys I want to emphasize his throwing hand it's so important (laughs) um but I think I think we're going to see him come in and gel with the offense I don't think it's going to be much of a much of a difference from what we're seeing with Cooper and I
1: gotta tell you I mean a situation like this can get toxic quick in a locker room right we kind of saw it in Philadelphia remember after uh you essentially saw, you know, Carson Wentz get injured, and yeah. uh, what's his face, Nick Foles. Nick Foles, lead this team to uh, a Super Bowl, and then after the, the locker room kind of turned on Carson, right? A little toxic, yeah. And so next thing you know, they're kind of shipping Carson out, and it just it gets it gets weird. I loved Cooper Rush's awareness as well last week when mm-hmm. asked about this whole quarterback controversy thing. He said, "I don't dream as big as Jerry. He knows his role, and that's why when so many people said you need to bring in an outside quarterback." That's why you don't, because you don't want the backup to dream so big yeah. that he wants to take that starting job. Yeah. And I don't think people realize how well this locker room respects not only Dak, but Cooper because of that. And after that win, it was so big to win on the road. I mean, not dissimilar from the Minnesota game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for him to come in that locker room and everybody's running and you know, it's the media scrum and then you've got Dak just sitting at his locker texting on his phone. Showering, yeah, you know, getting ready to leave. It's it's awkward for it's awkward for the person that's got the strongest confidence in themselves and their game. And then you you say, you know, all these guys will tell you, I don't listen to the media. I'm not on social media. I don't hear what they're saying. They do, mm-hmm. yeah, they 1,000 yeah. percent do. And they get asked about it. Their friends and their teammates get asked about it. So it can be an awkward situation. But I love the fact that this team feels strong enough to sort of get to the other side. And while there might be a lot of questions about who this quarterback should be when Dak comes back healthy, there doesn't seem to be any questions inside that locker room, despite the rhythm and the hot hand that Cooper Rush is playing with. And before I get us to break, I do want to bring up this interesting little note from NFL research. Uh, You know, there's never been a quarterback in Dallas Cowboys history that has won their first four career starts. So I thought that was interesting. Not Roger Staubach not jason garrett both of them won their first three but not one yet so make of that what you will we're gonna go ahead and take a break real quick this is the boys uh, this is girls talk boys talk brought to you by jigsaw dating the official dating partner of the dallas cowboys
2: at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk of Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first. Hey, well, do you want to join former NFL
4: players on our first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign? Now is your chance. Drop off the kiddos at the Ford Center on October 2nd from 1130 to 330 while you watch the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Commanders game from your favorite restaurant in the Star District. Sounds delicious. To register your footballer for camp, visit dallascowboys.com slash academy.
1: All right, let's talk about uh, Michael Gallup and what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was trending in the right direction. He didn't go on the pup list because they expected him to play within the four-week window. Mm -hmm. He had two padded practices. He had had two weeks of team drills. And then we find out on Monday, as I'm heading to the stadium, Michael Gallup isn't playing. And I reached out immediately to a number of Cowboys sources and said, oh my gosh, did he have a physical setback? And they said no. And my my question is, why is a healthy guy not playing then? Explain yeah. this to me. And it was Michael Gallup who has finally spoken about it that he just felt, because he didn't get a training camp and only had two padded practices, that he wanted to make sure he felt as good as possible, saying that he saw what happened to Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. right? Chris Godwin coming back from injury, plays week one. Now he's, now he's unavailable. So I sort of yeah. appreciated the fact. That's smart. I don't think it says anything about Michael Gallup being soft and not wanting to play. I watched him pregame. All-out sprinting, he caught a deep ball left side of the end zone. It didn't seem like he broke his stride. Um, listening to the player, seating Lamb last week, which is why we thought he was going to play, said he looked great. But I appreciate the fact that he was honest about it. And yeah. when I talked to him and, and team sources, they seem really hopeful he'll play against Washington.
3: Yeah, I love that they just, is this necessary right now? I mean. I mean, I'm not saying that I think that what you're getting from Noah Brown helps that also too. One mm-hmm. thousand. Like the next man stepping up is gonna continue to help these guys be able to But this is something that I think Mike McCarthy doesn't get enough credit for. He don't play about this. I don't feel I feel like with the injury stuff, if he says like we're gonna go slow, like we're gonna take our time, he's he echoes that and he doesn't I don't feel like he's wanted to give a whole bunch of updates like with, with Michael Gallup. Like when he does, the wording's like, Okay. Like and when he slipped up last week, yeah. I was like OK, because you've been being really like secretive about it for the most part. So I think that the way that they've handled a lot of the injuries, I think a lot of people freak out about. But I think that they've been decent about how they have um, handled how they integrate guys back into the fold. Well, and
1: and what I think is interesting, too, I think this makes him more of a player's coach because mm-hmm. so many coaches and organizations want to yep. rush you back. And yeah. if you talk to some That's of these players, especially when they go through contract negotiations there's a little bit of animosity and things become a little acrimonious because the contract negotiation may not necessarily go the well. DeMarcus Lawrence is a perfect example of this. Felt like he played through injury and wasn't properly rewarded for that. Mm. And so a lot of players know that they have a shelf life, right? Mm -hmm. And you can only put so many tread on their tires. And sometimes when these players play through injury, team's not thinking about you, but you got to think about you and what's next. But I get the sense that just in talking to some of these players and, and and listening to Mike McCarthy, that he truly is a player's coach in the sense that he wants you to feel both physically and mentally ready to go, which when I ask him about, you know, like Dak Prescott, let's get the stitches out first.
3: Mm-hmm. He's or been very he, systematic right. about yeah. he's that. He's very
1: tempered about these things. When you ask about Michael Gallup, I'm hopeful. Yes. Yeah. Whereas you got Jerry out there saying, week four, <laughs> he's going right? so play. Yeah. But I think that puts an unnecessary level of stress on you mentally and physically to get back. Like if I'm not feeling well and my bosses are like, she's ready to go, she's fine. But you're like, but I don't feel great. And if I don't feel great, I'm not going to play great. I'm not going to perform great. And so I, I do appreciate about that. Uh, appreciate that about them. But to your point, Aisha, I think these decisions to pump the brakes a little bit and yellow light these things versus green light them is made easier when you have someone like Noah Brown stepping up, someone yeah. like Cooper Rush stepping up, and you're allowing this team to develop some depth at these positions yeah. that you didn't have. All of a sudden, because Cooper Rush is getting the playing time that he's got. We've already identified now, maybe that's your number three wide receiver. And we didn't know who the number three was. He could potentially be your number two. But you didn't know what you had because he wasn't getting meaningful playing time. And some people truly need reps to be that guy.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, too, it, this would be a totally different conversation. I could have seen Michael Gallup playing during Monday's game if they were losing, right? If if the Cowboys went in losing, Cooper Rush wasn't looking good. The wide receiver group was still messy. I mean, this would be a totally different conversation. But it's the fact that really within these last two weeks, the offensive side of the ball has had to step up. And they have the the O-line wide receiver. Receivers, tight ends. I mean, you can go down the line of every single position that has stepped up because they had to. One, after the the Bucks game and how that turned out. And two, yeah, Dak's gone. We've known that. But had they not stepped up, then I, I could have seen him needing to go in there, right? Not okay. necessarily having the luxury and the padding that both him and Dak have to let themselves fully fully get to that point. And a, th- a thing of it, too, is I can appreciate Michael Gallup for saying, look, I'm physically ready, but let me get my head straight. Yeah. Let me get my body where it needs to be. Uh, and, and it's a muscle memory thing, too. I mean, well, muscle
1: memory is huge with this game. And yeah. keep in mind, he came back last year and then got injured again. And, yeah. and right. that gets it's, in your head. It's yes. all mental.
4: And, and I can appreciate any player in this league that can sit there and take that step back to say, okay, mentally – Am I am I ready for this game? Do they need me in this game? Looks like Noah Brown's holding down the four. In the meantime, CD, he held down the four in the fourth quarter. But, roller coaster
1: game for well, CD. right? I don't even know but, if I think
5: it's like all mental. I feel like for me, like genuinely, when you talk about guys being healthy when you're playing NFL football, that's a totally different definition of healthy as mm-hmm, it pertains like yeah. a layman. Like it, it ain't. It's not even close to the same thing, mm-hmm. like at all. And so I think that's worth considering when you talk about this. Like, I always reference this, but I remember my conversations with Travis Federick when he was playing with us. And he was like, listen, Kelsey, like, going to a practice, each day feels like you got run over by a truck. Mm-hmm, like, the, yeah. the amount of stress you put your body through is unbelievable. And so I think it's smart with Mike McCarthy and how he's handling this. We're looking at the long play. Like, we're so early on in the season, you guys. If you want to have your quarterback back and you want to actually genuinely look at making a run into the postseason, Michael Gallup's going to be a big component of that. So why rush him back when you have guys that are, you know, keeping this, not just afloat, but we're moving forward. So I'm 100% honestly okay with the fact that he wasn't playing this past week. Same thing with Dalton Schultz. Like, I'm good with that. I want them to be as close to game ready and healthy by NFL standards as I can before I'm putting them back on the field.
1: But Kelsey, if I'm Dalton Schultz... I'm a little nervous that Peyton uh and 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 Jake Ferguson are playing as well as Hennie they are because the you are on a franchise tag. You yep. didn't get the extension that you wanted. You yep. allow look at what happened with Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin was the guy, yeah. gets injured, Dalton Not Schultz the becomes anymore. the guy. It's the that's a, see? that's a position that I would like Michael Gallup just got his extension. He's good to go. Yeah. But if I'm Dalton Schultz, I have a, a different conversation. That's a different conversation. Yeah. And so Kind of same thing happened with him. I was, you know, basically looking at him potentially playing on Monday, and then he didn't. So we'll see if he plays uh, week four against the Commanders. All right, let's get into another topic uh, worth bringing up, and that is how they're utilizing Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott in this game. Love it. Finally, we're seeing this run game develop into what the vision has been. We'd heard about it in training camp. Uh, they were told They told us that you saw it during joint practices. We didn't see it so much in week one, a little bit more of it in week two. Week three, I think we saw the balance that we were looking for. Right now, as it shakes out, Elliott's getting 63% of the snaps. Tony Pollard's getting 46% of them. Elliott, we're seeing him in short yardage and on third and fourth downs. Pollard, you're seeing him more in the red zone and the two-minute situations. But I think by having both of these guys on the field, you're allowing these opportunities for – Pollard to have, what, two of the longest plays from scrimmage mm. for the Cowboys. Yeah. He had the 46-yard reception in Week 2. Uh, then he scored the, you know, the one-yard rushing touchdown the next play. Then you had the 46-yard carry in, in Week 3. That drive ended in a field goal. You're allowing this run game to affect the box score and be impactful. Mm-hmm. Is this the vision that you were also hoping for? Because I know you watch a ton of this tape. The run game's different than what we've seen in the past.
3: Yeah, so I would say... Once I went back and watched the game, a lot of the run schemes are similar. It's just the fact that you have guys that can move people. Like, you have guys that can get downhill on people really quick or up into the second level in a Tyler Smith, um, tearing Steele very quickly. And I think that what also helped them, too, is that you're seeing more motion from Kellen Moore. You're seeing more counters, misdirection, using Turpin and uh, Tony Pollard because – defenses do respect their speed it doesn't matter so i mean i would like to see turpin involved a little bit you more. love kevante turpin you know he's my guy yeah. turbo turp but but his presence on the field though you can see those those linebackers think a little twice about it mm-hmm. I, I just and it's not an imposing presence because yeah,
1: I, I don't want to i want to <laughs> shut you up. for the people that are at home can you just stand up for me a little, <laughs> little bit Aisha? you're a tiny petite a cute little thing
3: person
1: can i sw- can you see me i oh, swear there to there, you, there, there. there. Yes, I'm a you're little a tiny human. little thing I swear to you, Cavante Turpin is your size. He's at 150 pounds. That's why he can I, move. He is. I, I worry about him every time he's on the field, even in pads. He's just so little. <laughs> um, but he is incredibly impactful when you allow him. And I just feel like he is chomping at the bit for one of those yeah. breakaways. And he's
3: almost there. I think he's averaging 16.3 oh, um, he's so a return close. right now, the highest in the NFL. But I think that also, like when we're talking about the run game, like, we got to talk about how much I think these uh, wide receivers has, have bought into the run game as well. Mm. Even on that big play with TP, you saw uh, CD Lamb down. There, you know, yeah. getting his nose dirty. I turpin through a couple of, <laughs> through a couple, of, and then Noah Brown, he's turpin he's,
1: blocking is the funniest thing to me the, ever.
3: Noah Brown is known as a blocker. Yeah. I think that's kind of a good thing. I think the fact that defenses don't know if he's gonna block now, because before it used to be all uh, 85s on the field. We know this is a run play. i, I, I know so fast. Yeah, like, you don't know anymore. This at the run game is something that I think they can continue to build upon, really.
4: Also something I wanted to add, and we've talked about this every week, of how the Cowboys need to get that time of possession down with the games. Talk about it, And this is the first game, the Giants game was the first game that the Cowboys came out victorious in that section of dominating that game and, and having that time of possession it's not a coincidence. You see the run game getting established, and wow, what do we see? The Cowboys have the ball, and they have that time of possession, which was key for them. Mm-hmm. So this was the first week that I think we've got a little bit of a, a taste of what we are going to see with this interchangeable run game that you have. Use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Use Tony Pollard when you need to. Use Zeke to get you those extra yards, because the thing about Zeke is he will pound for those extra yards, and I don't know how he does it. You have a 200 man, man 200 Pound man weighing on you. How the hell are you getting three extra yards? Wouldn't be me. Like I he would had, cry. He was dragging what
1: three or four guys. That's saying. And so yeah.
4: Zeke on those third down, third or even fourth down situations, huge. He is a huge aspect. I think, and and people want to you know turn their head on Zeke a little bit because mm-hmm. you have Tony Pollard.
1: But they're good for different reasons, they right? Forget that he's playing through injury last year too. And, and that, that's what's uh, yeah. And I think a healthy Zeke. He's gonna begin- bust through it. We're beginning to see how impactful he can be on the field when you do have a healthy Zeke, Kelsey. Yep. Yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm
5: with you guys. It was fun for me to be able to see the versatility. I yes. felt like, honestly, at the end of the day, it was one of those things where you've talked about how they're different players for so long, mm-hmm. and you know that Zeke's gonna be like your are running like your pound pound the line kind kind of guy, and then you got Paul over here is a little more shifty, and I felt like this was one of the games where it was beautifully on display. And I love that. I love that versatility. I think it's important to have a successful run game. I do have to wonder in the back of my mind if Pollard's success makes Zeke a little more expendable in the future when those conversations do start to happen, despite the fact that they are very different backs. But, I mean, listen, how can you hate what you saw in terms of the run game? It's it's phenomenal. Even Zeke, who – you know, didn't do, quote, as well as Pollard is still averaging darn near five years, five yards to carry. Five mm-hmm. years to carry? Is that a thing? I'm five like, yards to carry. And, and I'm here for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's... It's something this team needs to lean into continuing moving forward. Also
4: something I wanted to point out too was Mike McCarthy had mentioned how their goal is to essentially have 70 plays per game, 70 snaps and they're close to that. They were what, mid-60s this week with the amount of snaps that they had during that game. So I, I think the point is here is the more you're running that ball, you're getting closer and closer to exactly what you're wanting your identity of this team to be. Jerry Jones said it before the season even started. Everyone laughed right? And when Jerry went on the fan to say, oh, yeah, the uh, identity of our offense is going to be the run game. Everyone's like, yeah, okay, with what O-line? <laughs> well, now your O-line's starting to gel. The pieces are starting to come together. You have Jason Peters, who I, I don't think we can mention enough as as how huge he is going, is going to be when he's plugged into play. But also the credit that we've been giving him off the field is just – showing completely with the amount of work that Tyler Smith has put in with him and the amount of improvement he's shown in the last three weeks.
1: All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the offense for Washington. Uh, Carson Wentz and what to expect from the Commanders. Uh, They scored only eight points and had 240 total yards in their Week 3 loss uh, versus Philly. They've allowed 15 sacks, the most in the NFL uh, this season, tied with the Bengals. Uh, Interestingly enough... Carson Wentz has 1,836 passing yards and 14 passing TDs in eight career games against the Cowboys, but his records only, he's four for four uh, in those. Uh, and then when we talk about some of their threats they've got. Of course, you've got Antonio Gibson. He's got 124 rushing yards in 2022. And then, of course, you've got guys that are leading in different categories in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson. But the Cowboys have only allowed, this is crazy. Three touchdowns this season. That's beautiful. You don't even sound, uh, right. Tied for their fewest in franchise history through three games. Uh, the fewest touchdowns allowed in the first four games. You'd have to go all the way back to 1970 and 72. Hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what we can expect uh, from the Cowboys. I think defensively, loving what Dan Quinn is doing. I spoke a lot last week about how much Wink Mortendale loved to blitz. How creative he was. And Dan Quinn almost saw some of that talk from the national media. Maybe he listens to girls talk. I don't think Dan Quinn gives (laughs) anything about what I have to say. But I saw him respond to that challenge this week. Uh, It allowed guys like Donovan Wilson to get to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, It allowed Micah Parsons. I mean, Micah Parsons was a beast out there even though he didn't log a sack in that one no he didn't no. But, he definitely, uh, but he was he was still he was impacting the game but it allowed demarcus lawrence to have just he's t- tied for his uh his best game three sacks and then Dorrance armstrong yep who constantly we hear sack Dorrance armstrong mm-hmm. sack Dorrance mm-hmm. armstrong yeah. Dorrance armstrong step, stepping up this year and then of course uh trayvon diggs just staying patient sat in there and waited and of course had that big interception mm. At the end of the game, what can you expect? If we're talking about the most sacked team and the NFL, we're talking about Carson Wentz and and no disrespect to guys like Jahan Dots and Terry McLaurin uh, or Antonio Gibson.
3: Is this going to be a big day for the defense on Sunday? I think you just – I think you keep the same game plan as this week and just and just go out there and let your guys play. Like, it's defensively the, – the I think that every offense that comes against this, this defensive line is going to – Be exhausted because you don't get a break. You know, like when you have guys come off the field, you see the difference. There were a couple times in this game where you where Micah went out or Tank went out, and you could kind of see a difference in the defense. But a guy stepped up. It reminds me so much of like the Golden State Warriors when when (laughs) when uh, Steph when Steph goes out and then Clay and Katie would stay when when Katie was there, and you don't get a break. The second unit is going to come out there and give you a hard time. The rotation and the multiplicity that Dan Quinn has on this defense, it's not the norm. It's not normal for guys to be that fresh late in the game like that. And so I just, I really, I said it earlier and y'all just looked at me crazy. I feel for some of the, the offenses that don't have adequate offensive lines because it's it's going to be a long day. Yeah. And then he had the nerve to sit up here and rush Anthony Barr to, what you got going on, Dan? What you on today? I knew yeah. he was in his bag when he pulled out the safety blitz because that's not something that he does a lot. He'll, he'll use it, but you know he really knows what he's looking at because they were overhelping. They're bringing that tight end. He said, oh, okay, I got something for you.
2: I love yes. that we've got
1: Patrick Walker with the science. We've got yep. we've got Dr. Morrison everywhere. She grabs her glasses and she's like, "I know you got yep. some, you in your bag. I you know, know you in your bag right something now." Something I wanted
4: to point out too is the Commanders are establishing what their offensive identity is right now. They don't have one, they're right? Trying. And and so they're trying to make it the run. They're trying, but with what O line and Carson Wentz is not the best decision making when he's under pressure. They also love to throw to the edges. So. Trayvon Diggs, okay. I'm listening to you. Okay, or, film. Uh, Okay, sis. I told you. I'm really taking it <laughs> in, y'all. I'm learning from my colleagues. You know, that's the best thing you can do. But they throw to the edges. Trayvon Diggs, I'm looking right at you. It is your turn to be a ball hawk. Get me at least at least two interceptions because Carson Wentz is going to use Trayvon Diggs as a wide receiver this week. Count it.
5: <laughs>
1: Kelsey, I, I hate to take your time before I wrap to go to a break, but real quick, Aisha... Did you notice that I felt like they were disrespecting Trayvon a little bit? They the kept winning at, they, they kept, kept going, going at, him. at him. I said, I said, what is going on and here? And then he finally made him pay, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to a quick break real quick, and then we will have a quick out here with your pass interference. But this is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating.
2: At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger.
0: What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more.
2: If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with the bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844 326 6266. That's 844- 326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. With
4: Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim
3: without added sugar, you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel Food or the New Angel Food Slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King.
0: Rule the day.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first...
4: Well, are you a Cowboys fan who spices up the game? Nominate yourself or a friend to be the Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan, and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Nominate yourself or a friend at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of
1: the Year. I love talking the X's and O's, so we spent plenty of time talking <laughs> about them, so we got to quickly get out of here, but one pass interference for me. All right. Well,
4: we're talking all things, Commanders and Cowboys so the two teams have actually met each other 124 times including, including two postseason games with the Dallas Cowboys winning 75 games the Commanders winning 47 games they've also tied two
1: times so maybe we're going to continue to see the Cowboys add to that winning record folks sounds, sounds like trending in the right direction but don't let it be a trap game Dallas Cowboy fans Please. thank you so much for tuning in I will be once again out of here on Thursday returning on Friday but tune in to these lovely ladies they know their stuff and I will see you on Friday Bye. See